Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. What's good? My name is Chris Styles. This is Trapping Anonymous, uh, Suicide Anonymous. Um, I know I just did, I've been doing like this series of just like really, really heavy topics. And I've just been basically using my platform as a way to uh, maybe get into a little things that are just like a little bit uncomfortable maybe or just things that are like super taboo that people like traditionally won't talk about or they can't talk about on their platform. And like I always say, you know, that's why I love podcasting because it's just basically whatever we want to hear, whatever we want to talk about. So it's not um, it's not something that, you know, it's censored. Right. So. Instead of using it for like, you know, a bunch of negative stuff, we can use it for uh, positive stuff and we can also use it to talk about things that people, um, you know, traditionally won't talk about. Um, I'm super excited today. Today that I'm recording it is August 24th. Uh, Trapping Anonymous actually makes one year today. So shout out to that. Trapping Anonymous has been, you know, one hell of a ride. Um, It's been ups, it's been downs, but, you know, a live show uh 200,000 plays worldwide. Um I'm just super super excited that this thing is still a thing, you know, um 18 episodes in. Uh I look forward to the future of this, giving you guys more content, giving you guys uh you know more uh different topics to talk about and as always, reach out to me, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud, send me an email. Uh uh, log on to trappinganonymous.com anything that you could use to reach out to me if you want to send me some topics some encouraging words or you know sometimes people just like to talk shit and you know what I'm saying tell me what I need to be doing better you know everything is appreciated uh, I really do appreciate you guys for keeping this thing still here and keeping it is uh, is what it is right now um, I appreciate everything uh, my name is Chris Styles. it's Trapping Anonymous do remember it's only entertainment please don't get me indicted this is Suicide Anonymous Let's get it. What's going on? How you feeling today? I'm all right. I'm ready. Okay, so what was the first time you tried to take your life? Um, the first time that I really tried to take my life, I was in high school. The first time that I did something that was suicidal was in junior high school. And I say that because in junior high school, I started cutting. And I wasn't, I feel like when I started cutting, I didn't have it in my head that I wanted to die. Um, I was doing it 
as a outlet. I was using it as a way to take control over my emotions. I didn't really know how to deal with a lot of the things that were going on. Um, as I continued and as I got older and as I feel like things maybe got worse and that's when I started, you know, like in high school is when I, I knew, okay, I want to die and this is what I'm going to do. But in junior high school is when I started cutting, when I was in seventh grade was and the first time. And you said you started cutting as a way to... It was a way, it was, I, I, I felt like I was... Things were out of control. I didn't know how to get a grasp on my emotions. I needed to get my feet on the ground, and I was young. And I, I don't even want to say that it was because I saw other people doing it. It was just, it, it felt good. And I did it one day when I was really low. And So the, the, the pain felt good. The pain felt good. And it was the only thing that I could control. I, I knew that if I did this, I would feel this way and... There was no other party that could do it for me. I was doing it to myself. And what, what was your childhood like? Um, my childhood was a lo spending a lot of time with um, other family members. My childhood was very distant from my mother. My childhood was only my mother. She was the only parent, and it was my grandmother. And just, I mean, the feeling, if that's what you mean, like, always wanting attention, always wanting love, like, I mean, still, like, always wanting, you know, the family and the feeling and to be loved and to be cared about enough to ask how I'm feeling. And, yeah, that was my childhood. That's... Did, did you have a relationship with your father? No. Um... My mom got married when I was seven years old. Um, and I was always told that that was my father. When did it click that it was like, all right, this guy is not my dad. Who is my dad? I was about 12 years old. And I was about 12 years old. And I had been thinking about it for a while because I was one of those kids that always asked, um, my grandma and asked my mom about stories about when I was younger. I would, oh, and I was always in the photo albums and I was always looking. And I remember going to visit my grandma one day and not being able to ask anybody else, not feeling comfortable enough to ask my mom. I asked my grandma, um, you know, why is daddy not in any of, my, in any of the photo albums? Mm -hmm. Because her husband was who they, you know, told me was daddy, who I was calling daddy. Yeah. And I asked my grandma and she told me that she didn't really go into detail about who my father was, but she told me that he wasn't my father. And I want to say it took me about two years after that to ask my mother, and that was in seventh grade. I asked my mother who my father was, and then she told me who he was. And who was he? Um, she told me that it was her boyfriend at the time when she was 17, and he raped her. Yeah, and we had a very long conversation, and she told me that I was to never ask about it again. So that's all I got. Okay, so here's this young child. Um, you know, you're spending a lot of time with different family members. Something clicks. It's like, all right, why isn't my dad in any of my pictures? You, you then figure that out. You ask questions, and 
your mom was raped mm-hmm. and she decided to obviously keep the child she also told me when I asked her about that that um she told me that um she told me that she wasn't supposed to the plan was to not keep me the plan was to put me up for adoption but I came too early um but I came too early, so it was, I feel like that, yeah. That that alone is like just knowing your inception into this world. Was unwanted on, on for, in all ways. That and was that's the beginning. When, that's when it started. And I mean, yeah, you were just a, a baby, but that's when it started. Mm-hmm. Um, So... Your relationship with your mom, do you think you maybe could possibly still resent her for the for that? Absolutely. Till this day. Absolutely. Um It's just um I feel like everyone deserves to know where they come from. Right. Um I it's definitely held me back a lot in my life. Like I I want to know who I am and it I really don't understand if people don't aren't interested in that. Like a mom says that she's not interested in where she's from. And I think that is her way of trying to keep me from being interested. But I'm very interested. I want to know where my great, great grandparents. I don't have I don't I have no family members. I have my mom. mom and I have my brother because she's kept me so, you know, close, closed. And nobody wants to know who you are. It kept me from reaching out to people and searching. And. Yeah. Wow. Um. So you said junior high, the cutting started, but in high school was the first time you actually attempted to kill myself. The yeah. high school was the first time where I had it in my mind. I, the end result, I want the end result to be death. me not being here anymore. Walk uh, us through that, that time. The junior high school or the, the high, high school? school? Um, high school was, there was a big gap in between me from me cutting into me trying to kill myself. I stopped because I was put on suicide watch after the cutting. Oh, so someone saw that, okay, your wrist was like, mm -hmm. so they said, we're going to put her on suicide watch. I came home one day and um, I wasn't so good at covering up the scars. I wasn't so good at covering up the scars that day and she saw them and she immediately just said, go outside and she took me to the hospital and... This is in in high school? No, this is um, straight out of junior high, right before ninth grade. Okay. And, yeah, she took me and they, she took me to the hospital and I saw a psychiatrist and they put me on suicide watch for three days. What does that even mean? What does suicide watch mean? Like They had me in a room and I had two nurses that were on shifts and I was not to leave my bed. I had no contact with anybody. I couldn't touch anything. If any, that would make you crazier. Yeah, it drove me crazy. Like, that would make me go crazy. Like, yeah. that wouldn't help any kind of situation that I'm in. And, yeah, the nurses made it worse. I remember there was one nurse... That was a Jehovah Witness, and she was just, you know, praying with me yeah, and yeah, being... China. But the other one grabbed my arm one morning and she's like, uh, you're not even cutting it the right way. What the fuck? She's like, you're doing it for attention. Next time use pills. Oh, shit. 
And I was like, oh, you're right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. But after that, I stopped for a while until, um, what was that? Like the middle of my senior year. And yeah, I was just in a really bad place and yeah. mentally. And it's now that I look back at it, things weren't even going that bad for me. Yeah, was compared, just, like as a kid, we always think like, "Oh man, this shit is the worst." Right. I gotta get up and go to school, and I gotta right. get up and, and I ain't finished my project, and I, my homework's gonna be late. Right. That's our biggest, you know, right worries, and we think like it's the end of the world. Right. It was the end of the world, and I thought that I wasn't gonna graduate, and I ended up graduating and going up on that stage, getting all these awards, and everything was great. But at that moment, I felt like I was at my worst. And what happens next? I just opened up a new bottle of Excedrin Migraine and bought three cans of Coca-Cola and I downed them all. You downed three bottles? Of Coca-Cola with the migraine. Uh, just uh, one, one bottle of migraine. It was 55 pills I took. What? And Did I don't know if you know, Excedrin Migraine is straight caffeine. The Excedrin Migraine is the, the strongest Excedrin. So it was oh. nothing but caffeine. And then I took the three Cokes. I knew what I was doing. So it was caffeine on caffeine on caffeine. Caffeine on. I was trying to stop my heart. Oh, shit. And, yeah. I finished it all. And I sat in the bathroom. And I was just waiting to die. Nothing happened. No, I was going. And it was painful. And... My boyfriend at the time called me and I answered and he said, um, don't let her find you like that. Tell her what's going to happen. At least tell her what's going to happen. So I remember just, um, dropping the phone and crawling out to the living room. And I don't, I don't think I even said anything. I think I just looked at her and she just, um, picked me up. She was there? She was in the living room. Never checked on me. And called the ambulance, and they took me, and they said if I, they would have waited any much longer, I would have been dead. Like, she called, right? Okay. Like, when you... It seems like at that time, because you thought you weren't going to, like, graduate school and you felt like maybe you had no kind of preparation for bad situations, right? Just any bad situation. It didn't have to be like, uh, you know, a family member died. It was anything that could have possibly went wrong. You felt it and your escape from that would be to leave this world. Right. What happens after you get to the hospital? Um, they pumped my stomach. And my mother had a choice of taking me home or committing me to the mental ward. And she committed me. How did that make you feel? Um, alone. Hmm. And just 
I didn't have a team. Like, I didn't have anybody telling me that I was enough, that I was okay, that there was another side to this, that after this, there would be something good, or I could change it, or I had it in me to to be better, or that there was better. And she just confirmed it when I sat there with her and the doctor, and he said, you have a choice. And she said, I don't know what to do with this. How important is it that we check on our loved ones how important is it that we check on our friends so important check on our parents that we check on you know anyone in our lives even if it's just a how was your day today you know what i'm saying you're doing good you're all right you need you you want to talk about anything like how important is it for us to just the simple the simplest you got somebody on your mind you're thinking about them like hit them up Mm -hmm. and be consistent and be genuine and be there and don't just check like be there and ask and care about the answer and listen and be willing to help if that person isn't good because sometimes we check on people and we're just like expecting the yeah I'm good and how you doing and yeah I'm good but then there's the real friends and the mm-hmm. people that really care mm-hmm. that be like all right let me call this person like let me really see Talk like me. let up? me let me really see what's going on because mm-hmm. There's no way that someone is good all the time. There's no way that every time you hit somebody up that they're good. People, like, life is ever-changing. Like, I could be good in the morning and then something terrible could happen and something great could happen and I just text you good. Like, if you really care, you have to be there for this person because they cannot be there tomorrow. Your mother commits you to the hospital. To the mental ward. To the mental ward. So this is like... These are crazy people. I'm sorry. These are people these are extreme cases of mentally unstable people. Do you feel like your case was extreme? No. Why is that? I just needed someone to love me. Mm. I need someone to be there and these are people that are like hitting their heads and pro- people honestly people that probably th- came in there like me and were put on meds. And Were you put on meds? No. I wasn't put on meds. They tried. But I was scared. And it's it's really sad, but the reason why I stopped every time after that, after I left there, that I stopped thinking about having suicidal thoughts is because I was so scared to go back there. Not even because I was scared to die. Not even I just didn't. I was just scared. I just didn't want to go back to that. Like, uh, what if I don't actually... What if I actually don't kill myself if I try again? What if I what if I fail again? Yeah. I'm gonna go right back there again. I yeah. don't want to be there because the next time I ain't go, I ain't getting out. That shit was worse than that, that shit is worse, worse than, than the pain that I was feeling in that bathroom. <laughs> like, they, I'm I remember my mom my mom bought me breakfast on the last day, yeah. and the girl sitting there stabbing the couch with her pencil. I'm just like, yo, I can't ha- I can't call somebody if something happens to me. They're gonna put me on meds. meds. Like, I'm, I'm I'm really trapped. It's like jail with people that. I can't even talk to you, but like, yo, chill, ma. Like, uh, yeah, like be yeah, friends. Yeah, like, these are people wild. that are not on a different level than me. And I just want to love. I needed somebody to care about me. And even at my worst point, it was like someone else can deal with you. What the let, fuck? Let, 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 let someone else deal with this. I can't deal with it. And oh, I heard shit. that so much from when I started. Like, it's not like I didn't reach out and try to get support. Very, I'm, I feel like I'm a very vocal person. Right. I tried. I asked. I asked. 
and asked and asked for love and communication, and I was denied, denied, denied. And being at that age, like, I, I mean, I feel like life is overwhelming for any teenager. We going through that junior high school was, is a hard time for a lot of for a lot of kids. Yo, that shit was hard for everybody. Like, right. I, re- I remember, like, you used to go to school. We was fucking cruel. Like, niggas would tease you and shit. Right. They would talk. Like, if someone would do that to you now, you would be kind of fucked up in the head. Right. Somebody just, they they subtweeted you or they, they wrote something right. on Instagram and you felt like it was it towards you. Yeah. And you automatically, questioning you go into like... this d- depression. Imagine being a kid. Right. They calling you ugly. They calling right. you big head. Right. They saying you got fucked up hair, fucked right. up teeth. <laughs> they say they saying all type of wild so shit. So relative. <laughs> yeah, so and accurate. You, and, and and as a kid, mind you, we don't even have no, you know, developmental like higher right. you know, IQ about how to deal with this kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And these kids these kids is taking their lives. Right. How many times you turn on the news and you see a kid get bullied, a kid get cyber bullied, somebody puts out a video. I, I couldn't even survive. That was my junior high school. Yo, I couldn't even, I could not survive in high school with this new technology shit. Can you imagine? Something goes wrong with you. Something happens to you. That shit is not all over the school. That shit is all over the Do world. Do you remember how Skonex affected us? Like, I imagine that times 20. People, That's how it is now. These people dropping kids. these lists about people, right. the sex lists, and who's a hoe, right. and who's getting money, and who's and who's doing all the dumb shit. That, that shit used to just be around the school. Imagine that shit being around the world. Right. So, so you walking down the street, and somebody looking at you like, oh, like, you was the kid that mm-hmm. got punched in the face in... in on uh, the viral video in front of the school. This shit is crazy out here. Yep. And these kids are so desensitized. It's not even affecting oh, yeah, them no, as I, much. I remember growing up, like, I wouldn't even be able to see, like, somebody, like, die on TV. You know what I mean? Like, right. To, to, to the first time, and I, 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 I swear, I think, I like, I remember it. Like, I saw someone die was, like, on Twitter. And it, really? it was the craziest shit to me. And I'm like... Someone just lost their life right here on this camera. That's crazy to me. But these kids are growing. It's regular. Up. It's a joke now. They like they turn it into like Yo, a meme. Did it's you see, funny. I think like you know, uh, rest in peace. Like some, like somebody from like the ASAP Mob or like Chief Keef or one of Chief Keef's. Uh, you know, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. They they had like one of them. It was like a viral video of this kid like dying, fighting for his life. I couldn't believe my eyes. And this thing is getting retweeted and shared millions and millions of times. Nobody cares. Let's bring it back. I'm sorry. We, we kind of went off because I am just like, we, we have to find a way to just like. Kerrigan. Kerrigan. Okay. Um, have you ever tried to take your life again? After that? No. I, I was too scared. That, that being in there scared the shit out of me. What do you feel about people that say, oh, you know, people that take their life, they're going to hell. They're so selfish. They don't think about their family. They don't think about the people around them. They don't think about their loved one. What do you think about the help? Because people don't know. Mm-hmm. Take myself. We don't understand it. We can't understand it being so bad that we don't want to be here no more. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Help us kind of, you know, figure that out. Or what do you have to say to those people that core, oh, you're so selfish for thinking that you could, you could, you're only affecting yourself. You know what I mean? I definitely understand where they're coming from. 
Um, it's not that I don't. I I I can see why why people say that it's selfish because you are leaving behind everybody and it does look like you're not putting effort, you're just giving up. But when you're feeling that low, you have to understand like how much it takes and everything is relative and me my couch coming being delivered too late may be the trigger for me to just not want to be here anymore and you may not understand that. I may mm. not understand why you like chocolate ice cream so much and that's mm-hmm. not me to judge you for that. You have to really understand that to be depressed is a whole it's just uh your your whole world is different. It, mm. It's not like we're just waking up and you can't just it's wake up normal. and go to work and eat yeah. breakfast. It's like you don't want to do anything. And when you feel like that and then you feel like you have nobody and you have no purpose and you feel like, why am I here? I'm, I, 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 me personally, I felt like I, it, the world would be better if I wasn't here. I'm, I'm taking up space. I'm taking up money. I'm taking up, you know, my mom would be happier. It's, it's another burden. Like she has to look at her rape. Like her attacker every day, you know. I I, yeah. I look like this man, and imagine what that's doing to her. Oh my god! I don't want to be here anymore. Those I, thoughts are going through your head all the time, still, always, always. This is me. Like this is who I am. And I, I, I what can I do? What can I do but to leave? Mm. Just be there for your family and be there for people and be there for everybody. It's not it's not just that. And it's just like we we sometimes people do care. Sometimes people do care about their friends and pe- some people do care about their coworkers and you have to care about people in general. Like we're all here together and it should hurt you if the guy down the street kills himself. Like we're all here together because yeah. that same person yeah. can help you out. You know what I mean? Like not that that should be the reason, but mm. we have to care about each other enough to ask how you doing. I also really feel care. like there should be some type of like mental care course in in elementary or in high school or junior high like we don't have no courses on telling us how to deal with depression it may be i'm you don't know that you're depressed as a junior high school a high school kid you don't even know that you're depressed elementary school man yeah you don't even know what it is no and i think that we need to just like do the education more we need to teach our kids like this is what it looks like like are you how are you feeling like what is like what is this? You know what I'm saying? And the quicker we could do that, we could probably get a better grasp. Excuse me. We could probably get a better grasp on like how to save more people. And parents be parents and, and be active all the time, consistently all the time. Don't just let your kids get up and go to school and think that they're fine because they're not saying anything is wrong. Like you have to actively care like actively ask them are you good what happened in school what'd you eat for lunch and who said this to you and how'd that make you feel how did this make you feel yeah. it's so important because you never know you ha- not everybody is like you and people deal with emotions differently people deal with things differently would you do it again no why because i have things to live for i know that i have a purpose now i'm not living for my mother anymore. Mm. I'm living for myself. Mm-hmm. I'm living for my family that I've started. Mm. I have a purpose. And even if I didn't have that, I have myself. And you always have yourself. And you should want to live for yourself and know that there's a tomorrow. I know that there's a next week. And know that you can be whoever you want to be tomorrow. What? Um, well, that's, that's, that's powerful. 
do you love your life? Absolutely. What is one thing that you would tell that younger girl? What's one thing that you would say to her now as an adult, as someone who has come from this, someone that has grown so much, that girl that was in the the bathroom with those pills, what's something that you would tell her? You are enough. You're enough. Nothing needs to be added to you. Nothing needs to be taken away. The way you are right now is enough. Why do you think you're still here? I'm still here because I didn't really want to die. If I if I really wanted to die, I wouldn't have went to the living room. I would have stayed in the bathroom. I just wanted somebody to love me enough to care to not let me go. And I had to realize and take responsibility and accountability for my actions. And I had to go and I had to communicate myself. I had to go tell my mother that this is how, you know, how I was feeling. Even maybe if it wasn't received the right way, mm-hmm. I had to take accountability. Like, nobody could read your mind. I wasn't really, I mean, as much as I did reach out, don't stop. Try enough and and try to love yourself. And, and I tried. So with you, with you saying that, do you think that was problem solved? Did you start receiving more attention from your mom? After? Absolutely not. Oh my god! No, I had to. Um, no, absolutely not. And I don't think that I, I'm. I'm still coming to grips with the fact that I will never receive that from her. And the reason why I love my life right now, because I'm realizing that the love that I've, I've been searching for and my mother and and friends and then boyfriends is something that I can give to myself and I feel fuller than I've ever felt before because I'm realizing that I have that inside of me the same love that I give out I can give to myself tenfold like I can I can give that to myself and I can feel full and I can feel fine and I can still give out more we have to realize that we have everything that we want out of life is inside of us we don't have to look for it anywhere else we are enough how, how, in whatever state we are in, we are enough to conquer whatever we want to conquer, to achieve whatever we want to achieve. How did people start treating you differently after they found out that you tried to kill yourself? Terribly. Um, Walk us through that. My mother actually invited my little crew that I was hanging out with at the time to the mental ward to visit me what? while I was there. Well, to support you or to, like, watch you as a sideshow? like I don't know. Probably in her head it was to support me. But right. it was one of those times where it's just like, why are you looking for everyone else to support me when I just need your support? Mm. I want you to be there. Like, you, want, you think I want everybody else's love, but I just want yours. Mm. But, yeah, she sent about five of my homeboys up there and to chill with me at my lowest point in life. And they damn sure left there and told all their families and it was okay. And it's just like, you know, I didn't need that. I just needed the opposite of that. I needed to, I needed to really take that mental ward situation completely in and grow from it. And it's really hard when I have shit building on top of it. Like, why am I walking outside of the room and I see five of my homeboys there? 
Like, you know. What, what do you think triggered it that day when you went and got the Coca-Cola, you got the Excedrin? What do you think set you over the top that day? Damn. I really have never thought about that day. <laughs> I don't know. I think it was, to be honest, I feel like it It was such a nonchalant thing. I have, I had just been in that state. I had been, my head was just there for a while, and it was just a matter of time before I picked it up, before I did it. So, like, this, 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 you know, this thing, this depression, this, this, this evil, evil, I don't know, demon, right? That just manifests within you and it gets bigger and bigger. It's like a, it's like a, a gateway drug. Like, so, like, you know, some people start off smoking weed mm-hmm. and then they end up, you know, doing cocaine. You know what I'm saying? Like it starts off as maybe the cutting and then it graduates to, all right, we need something stronger. We need to, we need to really like go after this thing. And, um, it just goes back to like what we were saying of just like, you know, checking on people. I don't think like this, this thing is not an instant thing, you know, like, like you're not going to just go outside. Someone's going to piss you up. And you're like, okay, it's time to die today. You right. know what I mean? It's, right. it's, it's, it's a buildup. It's a buildup. Mm-hmm. So, um, somebody listening to this feels the way you felt. Right. Someone listening to this is, is, is has those same feelings and they don't know what to do with it. They don't know. Since you came out of it, how can you help someone else come out of the way that they're feeling? If you can. And even if it's just, hey, that mental house is <laughs> like Shutter Island. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's motherfucking crazy over there. Like, Seriously, I, it's When I heard scary. the stories about jail, I knew I didn't want to be a scammer. It is scary. If yeah. you fail... It's scary. And now that is just a terrible statement in itself because I don't want you to try. I don't want you to try because not everybody fails. And it definitely is a buildup. I definitely feel like if somebody would have stepped in in seventh grade, if somebody would have stepped in and cared and been consistent, that wouldn't have happened because I would have been a different person. So much shit happened in between seventh grade and twelfth grade. I needed somebody there. You know what I mean? And it was just a build-up and build-up and build-up. Because feeling like I'm not going to graduate high school just in itself, if I was happy all through junior high school and, you know, being supported and loved, it probably wouldn't have been such a big monster for me. And it's really hard because to somebody else, that problem and the, the stuff that I was going through in junior high school may not be such a big deal to somebody else. It may not make them feel like that. It could be, you know, they fail a test or somebody's telling them they, they're ugly every day and that makes may make somebody want to kill themselves. Yeah. And it's not really a fix. It's not, I can't really say there's a fix to that because some people do have um, parents that are active and care about them and they still want to kill themselves because they go to school every day and they get bullied. It's just, uh, you know, I had to, I had to really, I don't know. I mean, after the mental ward, I was on watch like it was crazy. I wasn't allowed to be in any rooms by myself. I wasn't allowed to be around anything sharp. I wasn't allowed to take any pills. I wasn't allowed to take any medicine at all, anything at all. Um, and I really can't accredit me stopping 
the feeling to anybody. I mean, when I come into contact with kids, like I, I work with kids, I, I try to be very, you know, over the top. I'd rather you think that I'm on you and being annoying by asking you how you're doing so much and all the time and checking on you so much than you feel like you have nobody. Because some people just go home and they have nobody. Any, any, anytime you can check on somebody or anybody, you should. Now, if you're feeling like that, if you're feeling down, you're feeling like there's no way out, you have to remember that there always is. There's always a way out. There's always a better way out than dying. Because then there's no, there's nothing after that. This is Trapping Anonymous, Suicide Anonymous. My name is Chris Styles. Let's get it. You or somebody you know, somebody you love is dealing with suicidal thoughts, suicidal ideation. Please do not hesitate to call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. Save a life. This episode of Trapping Anonymous is engineered by Bunshanya Lunsford. <laughs>